Welcome to The Top, the podcast that provides you with what you need to succeed in the real estate world. Brought to you by the Collin County Association of Realtors. Get ready to tackle top real estate topics in bite-sized amount with CCAR President Marissa Benet and Jonna Fernandez, CCAR Chief Operating Officer. Hey, Jonna. Welcome to the top. I'm happy to be here. Me too. And today we're joined by Kyle Paris, Realtor and Chair of CCAR's MLS Committee. Kyle, we asked you to come out so you can talk to us about MLS statuses. Ooh, MLS statuses. I think I just heard all our listeners collectively groan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's, that's why we need to talk to Kyle because, you know, some of these statuses, you know, I'm seeing them incorrectly used in the MLS quite frequently. So, I think it's good that we get a refresher on this one. Kyle, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So let's start from the top. What kinds of statuses are there in the MLS? Well, we have a, a lot of different types of statuses. For most realtors or for myself personally, I focus on there's big six. You've got your coming soon status, and then you roll into active, and then from there it rolls to active option contract, active contingent, and possibly uh sometimes active kickouts, uh, and then we have pending and closed. And so we can kind of run through those and, and talk about the, some of the details on those. Okay, so so that's a lot. So that's good. Thank you. So have these statuses always been a part of the MLS or are they new? Well, that's an interesting question because I haven't been around for <laughs> as long as these statuses have been created. Uh, but most of them, I believe, have somewhat always been there, but different variations. Uh, the one in particular that is the newest is coming soon. Yeah, and you know what's funny is I've been selling real estate for 21, almost 22 years, and when coming soon status rolled out, that was like the biggest uproar because we're like, why does this have to replace temporarily off the market? It's the same thing, basically the same thing. And it was just like all kinds of pitchforks and, you know, screaming and yelling over it. But, you know, what's funny is it was it's a status that existed in other MLSs. It just wasn't in ours. So a lot of these statuses are very similar to other markets that other agents are very familiar with. It's just kind of new to us. So, you know, keeping that in perspective, I didn't know that, but an agent coming from like California or Oregon or whatever, they might be like, oh yeah, no, coming soon is where it's at. Yeah, no, that's a good point though. Agents that move here from other markets have statuses that are very similar, but just maybe different, different verbiages. Uh, one in particular yeah. would be like active option contracts. We get a lot of people that move here from other states, even even buyers, you know, that don't understand what that is. But then you just say, hey, you know, this is really just like your due diligence period or your inspection period in other markets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. What? Um, OK, so one of the things that I think is important for people to understand, and I don't want to say it's just one of the value added of working with a realtor, but with the, with the coming soon status, those those listings don't necessarily syndicate out like we used to see um but you know what i'm talking about like you just you have to go to your realtor and get their the portal so that you can go ahead and just email them directly otherwise they're not just in general seeing the coming soon listings like you and i can see them yeah the coming soon status is really a, a huge benefit for realtors and brokers it uh, allows us to send the coming soon properties to our clients versus those clients can't get onto some of the the apps or the other websites and, and just kind of search these coming soon. So you, it's, it's a huge value add for realtors that we can say, Hey, you know, if we're working with you, we can send you these coming soons before everybody else in the general public sees it. Now, now we can't see it in person, 
but we have the knowledge and the, that the you know we know it's coming there and that's really what it's meant for is to, to get prepared and whenever it, it clicks over to active you know we're, we're ready to jump on it and hopefully have our offer uh, teed up and in, uh, in our pocket already yeah well and also you know this market is moving so fast and some people that have been in their house for a while, I mean, this is, it's intimidating and they're nervous to put their house on the market because they don't know if they're going to find a great next house. And I've been really successful with using those coming soon listings to give my sellers hope that you can put your house on the market because there's going to be, look, we've got five really great ones and they're going to be coming on the market in, you know, the next week to two weeks. So get your house ready. We'll make sure that we go look at these. But it allows me to slow down the transaction a little bit and give them some peace of mind. Because I think ultimately that's one of the things that our clients are really seeking when they hire a realtor is I need peace of mind and I need you to navigate this market. So, you know, help me with this extremely painful pressure point. Yeah, well, and to your point, you know, it's, it's a great thing for the sellers too because a lot of times, uh, I mean, myself in particular, you know, you probably – Maybe overestimate how or underestimate how long it might take you to get ready to do something. Uh, and as you're putting your house in the market, you know we can use this coming soon status for up to 30 days. You know, and that's that's quite a bit of time for a seller to get prepared. And you know, for us as realtors and, and the, the seller client, not to have to change anything, you know, uh, from a listing agreement standpoint. Uh, but to have have up to 30 days to you know, paint the house or do some repairs or or just you know, get your head head right and get yeah. your, you know, for me, I've got a lot of animals and it would take a long time for us to get those animals ready and prepared to sell the house. And so I, I think that the coming soon status is, has been a, a huge, huge benefit uh, all around, but it also, there, it comes with some confusion uh, and sometimes it might not be uh, used appropriately, but you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves here. I, well, you know, in this, this, this market has been so fast that I think that we're seeing uh, homes listed in not 100% the most accurate status that it should be in or it could be in, uh, and it makes it a little bit more tricky to find. Um, you know, going back to clear cooperation, consumers don't understand clear cooperation coming soon, yard signs. Can you just, like, just touch on that real quick? Uh, yeah, and the clear cooperation was really meant to level the playing field. You know, for a while there was uh, advantages that – uh, probably shouldn't have been there for for certain brokers or agents, and uh, so the clear operation is in an effort to help make sure that when a when a listing is actively marketed anywhere, that it's available for everyone to see. So whenever it's coming soon, or if if there's a yard sign in the in the front of the house, then that means it has to be either listed as coming soon or active in the MLS, uh, and and that's a, a kind of a confusing thing for consumers because if you see your neighbor put a sign out in the yard that says, hey, my house is for sale, what's your natural reaction going to be? Get online and look for it. You know, exactly. if it and if it's not there and you yeah. can't see details, you know, you're, you're really just going to be kind of wondering what's going on. And then if you flip that coin over to us as agents, you know, we, we get, I get clients that send me listings all the time or send a picture of a sign because you know, they're just driving around in the neighborhood that they're desiring. They send it to me and I'm getting in the MLS and I'm looking around and I'm going, it's not in there. Yeah. So you know, then we have to, you know, take a look a little bit closer and, and make sure everybody's playing by the rules. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's, you know, I think agents were given a long lead-up time to be ready for clear cooperation, and it's still, it's still taking a little bit of time to sink in because not everybody lists houses. Not there's a, I know a lot of agents that prefer just to work with buyers, and they don't want to take a, a listing to save their life. So 
Um, knowing all of the rules can be, it's easy to, to forget if you don't, if you're not in practice and doing it every day. Yeah, exactly. Well, and with anything new, it takes a little bit of time for people, for that information to filter to the right people and them to get used to doing it that way. You know, because if you're not, if you're not actively listing properties all the time, like you were saying there, Marissa, then, you know, it, it's just not second nature, you know, and your, your, your checks and balances might not be in place there. So Exactly. Exactly. Well, okay. So coming soon. Basically, your realtor has access to that. It's, they're not going to syndicate out onto other real estate websites. You have to go to your agent because they're the gatekeeper of that information. Okay, um, They will have access to the listing data. The property is not available to be shown. The listing will not syndicate out to other real estate websites. It's going to live happily in MLS. And in order to view that information, you have to go to your realtor and your realtor can pass that information to you. So we may or may not have photos. We may or may not have a complete MLS listing, um, but we will know that the house is going to be available. We'll know what the price will be. We'll have some general stuff that, you know, populates from the tax rolls like square footage, your bill, things like that. And then we can go be nosy neighbors all we want. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a lot of information there when you're coming soon. But the important takeaway for anyone listening is that when it's coming soon, nobody is allowed to step foot in the house for a showing until it turns active. Yeah. So, you, you know, you can you can window shop all day long. You can send it out to people who are signed up with a realtor through the portal. Mm-hmm. But under no circumstances are we allowed as agents or anyone to to access the property. Yeah, and I, I'm seeing a lot of agents are putting in the date that it will be available for showing. So at least you have a good idea or if the agent doesn't know, because we have 30 days. So, I mean, it could be next week. It could be 24 hours. It really just depends. And then, you know, to your point, Kyle, I mean, these people have lives. They've got pets and things going on inside the house that, you know, those things don't always coordinate the way we would like. And so I feel like we're always kind of dancing, you know, to make sure that the house is really, really ready once we go active. So they might still be doing repairs and things like that. Well, it's super helpful if the listing agent does put in some sort of a target date. You know, if, if, even if it's not accurate, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you can just at least say, hey, we're going to be active on, on Saturday of whatever date. Yeah. And that, that's helpful for, for us as agents, uh, you know, trying to plan out showings for our clients. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, let's talk about active. I mean, that, I feel like that's pretty obvious. Um, showings are generally allowed. Um, what else is important about active status? Yeah, and active is one of those where uh, that's the biggest confusion I get from my clients when they're looking on any other app out there because uh, they see active, active, active contract. Oh, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Active <laughs> contingent and then active kickout. But I just tell them, like, look, it, if it says active only, that's the ones that we want to focus on. So for active listings, that means it's 100% available. It means there's no contract. The sellers are looking for every buyer and every offer they can get. Uh, so it's a, just call it kind of a, it's a free-for-all. But it, in this yeah. fast-paced market, you never know when that's going to change and, and go away. But you know, as, as agents or even uh, consumers, you know, when it turns to the active option contract, that means that the buyer is under contract, but they have a, a due diligence period. They've got to get their inspections done. Uh, it's they have an unrestricted right to terminate their contract on their negotiated number of days. You know, and that could be in this market, could be anywhere from two days to four. Uh, right now, if it's above five, it's a good chance your, op- your offer might not have gotten accepted there. But um, active option contract is really one for buyers to, you know, you can keep an eye on it, but 
there's not a great chance it's probably going to come back. Yeah, and I think that it's also, you know, important for consumers to know that the agents can see when the option is set to expire. And as realtors, if another agent calls and asks questions about the status of that particular contingency, the listing agent can give them that information. So um, it's not a waste of time to at least call and say, hey, is, is the contract moving smoothly um, or are there some hiccups? You know, should is it worth showing? And that's when a, a conversation with the listing agent is just worth its weight in gold. But there's other times when the property is active. And I'm I'm like, my phone is getting blown up with agents that are like, is it available? Is it available? Is it available? Marissa, Marissa, is it available? Yes, it is. In, <laughs> it is in the correct status. I have not changed it. But how long does an agent have to change the status from available to once they've accepted a contract to either option or contingents? We have uh, 72 hours or three days before we get uh, the email or the call from MLS bosses, but, uh, but you know, it's, it's unfortunate that a lot of times, I mean, we get busy, everybody gets busy, um, you know, but it's hard to make that excuse to not change a status when there's so many eyeballs and there's so many people relying on the correct information out there. Mm -hmm. And and so, you know, it's having, picking up the phone is, is your first line of defense anytime, I guess. Uh, You know, I, I love when agents call me. I mean, it's always very disheartening whenever you try to call listing agents and you can't get hold of them. So I've always tried to be very available, especially for my, you know, for my sellers to, yeah. to do them a good, good service. Uh, but the, the status of, of active, you know, if it's active in there, you, you can usually make the assumption, Hey, yeah, you can go see it. But there's been times where I've made that appointment and I've gotten ready to go. And then all of a sudden, you know, the status has changed and you know, sometimes you catch it. Sometimes you don't, yeah. uh, but, uh, but we just uh, hope that everybody tries their best to stay on top of those. Yeah, it it's it's been frustrating. This has just been such a fast moving market. Um, you know, on both sides of it, a reason why I would wait almost the full seventy two hours <laughs> to change the status on a listing is I'm just waiting for the buyer to deposit their earnest money and option fee if there is an option period. Um, because I'm seeing a lot of times where buyers are shotgunning out multiple offers. I've been I've been lucky, but it's still been a problem. I've had at least six or seven times just in this last year, which is crazy because I never saw it in other markets. Okay, so we've talked about active. We've talked about option. Here's a big one. People don't understand contingencies. Yeah. That's, uh, that's probably one of the ones that also I mean, get questioned a lot on because people, my clients will call me and say, hey, what's, what does this mean? And you know, it's, uh, I can't really attach a percentage to it, but most of the time it's, it's financing. There's a, a financing contingency that needs to be satisfied uh, or, or really anything for, you know, for the principal buyer there. Uh, it could be uh, the HOA documents need to come in still. But as long as there's any sort of contingencies that they'll need to be satisfied, the, the, act, the status needs to be active contingents. Uh, and even in MLS, we're, we're able to input in what that could be. Uh, but it's, it's not a required field to put in, though. You know, if you want to put in, hey, it's financing and it expires on you know, such and such date, you know, that's helpful information for agents to see, but uh, not everybody takes advantage of that. Yeah, I agree with you. It seems that most realtors assume it's financing. And that's not always the case. And where I get a lot of questions from realtors is when you go from active straight into active contingent. They're like, well, that means you didn't have an option period. Or I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, it could be, but we got a lot of 
a lot of contingencies in the contract. I mean, like a lot. So it's it, it's an interesting status that I see sometimes used interchangeably with active option because option is involved as well as one of the contingencies, but it's not the most correct status. Be looked at as maybe like a, a catch-all, <laughs> you know, hey, if, if, I don't, if you don't know what to do, just let's go with contingent. Exactly, exactly. And so I think um, it's okay to call a listing agent if your client is really interested in a property that's contingent, just to make sure that you're clear on what that contingency truly is, because it could be a lot of different things. Yeah, what well, if that agent is is really good? They'll they'll if there's some some things going on in the background, they they may or may not let you know that you know because they're they're doing their clients a, a good service by potentially lining up another buyer. Because as long as it's active or AOC or active contingents, you know you you can still field offers, you can still take offers uh, until the seller says you know do not take those anymore, or you know you move into pending, which is I guess a good segue into pending if you want to take it there. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Pending status is one of those that uh, as a seller, you really love to see that, you know, because oh, yeah. we, if we can go from active straight to pending, that typically means we've got a cash offer and no contingencies. But to, to expand on that a little bit more, it it really for the consumers out there, anybody looking at it, when it's in pending, it, it, there's no contingencies left to be fulfilled. We are just waiting for the, the paperwork. Um, a lot of times you're waiting on the title company and the lender to, to balance everything out. And just for that closing date to hit, uh, but but pending is a beautiful status for sellers, not so good for a buyer who had their eye on that property. Uh, but yeah, pending pending means that uh, we're just uh, we're just holding on and waiting for closing day. It's it's practically a done deal, practically, but practically. but not. <laughs> Those acts of God, you don't ever want to. Uh, oh my gosh, and that's happened. I mean, hasn't that happened? Like. Uh, week before closing or two, three days before closing, a big storm comes and a tree branch falls on the house and then it knocks out the, uh, you know, all the electrical. You're like, oh, that's great. And another thing about the pending status too is then at that point it does stop syndicating information to some of the other third-party websites. And then so, you know, there's a a number of other things that happen there with with, with pending. Uh, And one of the, another most important one is that uh, you're no longer able to show it. Uh, that that's the seller and agents brokers saying, "Hey, we're it's this done. is almost almost a done deal, so no no more showings. Nobody should get excited about this one." Yep. So to be clear, we cannot show coming soon properties. It's not your realtor just being, you know, jerk, not wanting to work or anything like that. It's just it's that we just can't. I mean, look at the photos. You know, you can you can still see a consumer can see the information on the listing in their MLS portal. They're just not going to be able to see it on other public websites. What about active kickout? Active kickout's a fun one. It, it is. It is. And now that, that's one I, I avoid having my listing in <laughs> status. But uh, t- tell us about it. Tell us about it. Well, you know, right now, I guess we're not really seeing a whole lot of those because if you've got an offer that's being accepted with uh a contingency to sell off another property, then your agent must have been really good <laughs> to negotiate that for you. But, uh, you know, as far as I know, active kickouts is only really used if the buyer has another property to sell. And if they, if another buyer comes along and says, hey, we want to put you, put an offer on here, then the seller has the option to notify that buyer that, hey, we've got another offer. You either can remove this contingency or we're going to kick you out of first position which just means you know the the, the current buyer uh, will will have to terminate that contract and then uh, the new buyer will be under contract. 
Yeah, it's a sticky one because I do see agents use um, active contingent and active kickout kind of interchangeably as well, which is why I'm like, oh, I'll at least call on a contingency to get more info just to make sure I'm clear. But I do see that as one because I do know when we're looking at, you know, I want to pull all the active kickout properties because I need some extra options to give my buyers some hope. And if they can just tell us, if the seller can just tell us, hey, these are the terms that my seller found acceptable. If you can make them better, then we'll go ahead and we'll kick them out and move forward. Great. You know, I mean, you want to give your client every advantage possible. So still exploring them is is fun, but it can be not always fruitful because I feel like the sellers kind of get a little stuck with that offer that they have on the table. And that was the peace of mind that they had. And like, no, let's just not mess up a good thing. See, and I've never had a seller say, let's make sure this is in kick out. You know, it, it's just... It's just so, for me, I so rarely use it. Just, I I feel like we would, what ends up happening, I think with when you've got contingencies and kickouts, more often than not, we amend the contract or the buyer just terminates. You know, like we're not just sitting around waiting for the buyer to comply. It's just, it is what it is. You know, we want to move on, but you know, I think that also speaks to how each agent is different and the essence of the way they do business. They're a little, their thumbprint on every single contract that they negotiate. They're just certain little nuances. Um, but the average consumer doesn't know a thing about kickout, but I promise you when you see a house that you love and it's showing up on another real estate website and active kickout, cause I'm not sending my clients in general, I don't send them active kickout. Uh, but when I do have someone that I'm just like really trying to like, they're picky or we can't find something, we we'll, we'll look at everything. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Well, but it's also you know we don't we're not. I'd love to run the statistics and see how many active kickouts we have out there right now versus you know what five six years ago. Ooh, I'll it's, check your Facebook tomorrow. I'll bet you'll have yeah, a post on. That, that's some homework I can do here now. You know, but it's with with the because a lot of the newer agents. Uh, most of them probably have never even heard of it. You know, if I'm being honest, I've only done maybe one or two in my career, and, but it's yeah. just it's just not super common right now. But when the market inevitably does turn around and sellers are just going to be searching for any offer they can, they're going to be more likely to take an offer that has the, that contingency to sell another property. And if, uh, if you know if sellers do want to list their house or have that status be active kickouts. And it's important to know that for our listeners, the, the proper paperwork does need to be filed. It's it's not you can't just change that status to to active kickout and then yeah, start accepting other offers. Feel like right? it. You, the, yeah. there's, there is the, there's some red tape there, and you know some compliance that uh, hopefully the brokers will will also be able to educate uh, agents on. But yeah, there's oh, yeah. a lot of a lot of documentation, a little bit more documentation involved in that one. Well, I mean, you could imagine if there is not the kickout clause in your purchase contract, and you as a buyer suddenly see the house pop up <laughs> as active kickout in that, like on Zillow or something You'd be like, oh, what, what is going on? I thought this was our house. Do we not have this house? I, I would lose my mind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. I can't imagine. Oh my gosh. Because the buyer's agent, you know, they might not know that a listing agent did that, you know? So just funny, fun, funny, but not funny. It's changed. The more you know, you know, I mean, it's uh, for, for our perspective, if we know how to utilize this and use it, you know, we're going to be a, a better resource for our clients. Now, another one that is just 
Oh, it's such a hot button topic. Sold. Seems pretty simple. But is it? I, you know, yes and no. So how long does an agent have from closing to change the status from whatever to sold? Pretty sure that's 72 hours. Again, uh, just like any status update in MLS, uh, you know, three days, 72 hours. But not to take that long, people. <laughs> but I know, right? Because there's appraisers pulling comps daily. I mean, it's just, I love to do it. Like, we've just left the closing table. <laughs> we've got funding. I'm like, okay, flip it, sold. Yeah. Boom. I mean, it, in this market, hours, and it makes all the difference in the world, you know, because somebody could be able to use that comp. But if you didn't list it, 12 hours ago, like you should have, then, then they, that they might've, you might've been missed, you know, unless someone yeah. was really digging and uh, diving deep in there, they may, might not see that one. So, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, uh, the closed status now is uh, definitely one that, you know, we as uh, listing agents love to see, you know, that's, that's the, that's a good button to click over. So it's, it, uh, I, I kind of do the same thing, Marissa, you know, as soon as you've got that closing, you know, you might as well just get in the habit of uh, clicking that over right then and there because that's a happy moment for everyone. Oh, my goodness. Yes, I love that. And, um, you know, what's also interesting um, that I don't think consumers really know that once it's in sold status, can't remove like the old marketing photos. I mean, it's like the listing is just totally locked up. So I do have my buyers that'll come back later and say, oh, we just closed, you know, oh, the house is great. But you know what? I really hate that there's all these interior photos of the house. Can, could you ask the listing agent to remove them? Like, um, I, I can't, I can't, they're just, they're, they're locked in there. And so people don't understand that. And, um, an agent would have to remove that content before they close or they list the property as sold. Uh, you know, and honestly, I really feel that you need to have as much content in that listing uh, appraisers are going to use it. I mean, people are just going to look back on it. Your neighbors are going to know. I mean, you're going to want a footprint of that house. And that listing is just the, I feel like is one of the easiest, most inclusive reports on the inventory of a home. So I, I do like to keep all of that. When buyers do ask to have the photos removed as I represent them on the buy side, you know, I, I there's not much I can do. Most of the time they ask that well after the fact. That's That's not that's not something that we think about, you know, it doesn't really come up. So it's, it's interesting. It's, but what do you do? You know? Yeah. I mean, it's good. To, if, even if it doesn't come up a ton, I guess it's good to know it, it can be done, but you just have to jump through some, through some hoops to get it done. It's, it's definitely complicated, but if a consumer does want to have something like photos, you know, removed from their previous listing, then they would just need to go to their, to the individual syndicated websites, like the, the Zillow's, the realtor.com's or whatever, and go to those sites individually to ask them to be removed. But that's not something that the realtor could do or should do for you. That should, that's consumer based um, because we want to preserve the integrity of the listings. Um, so the data and the content is correct. Um, and that's, that's really what the agents are also, they play a huge part in the transaction to do. And that's such a, a huge thing that you just said, there's preserving the integrity of the data. And there's, we're, we're only, we, we can only pull what, what has been entered correctly. And unfortunately, there's a lot of times the data does not get input correctly. And so I think that if everyone just slowed down a little bit when they're doing their listings and, and double check things and, and made a, a conscious effort to make sure that what we're inputting in there is correct, it would make everyone's lives a, a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, but, but that's, you know, that, it's never going to be perfect. And we you know we hear, especially on the MLS committee, a lot of times there's 
you know, we field um, suggestions and complaints of how we can do things that better. And, you know, half, most of the time it's like we there's things that you just can't control. We can't control right. how people are inputting the data and managing it. Yeah. And that's also another interesting thing, uh, something to talk about is other real estate websites outside of the MLS. Realtors, we can input data into the MLS and we control what we put in there. That's great. But what we cannot control is the data fields that other real estate websites that we syndicate to, um, what data points they choose to use, if they're using just MLS data or they're using a combination of uh, multiple public um, uh, data sources. So they might be going directly to the tax rolls for tax roll information. They might be just pulling the, you know, the room dimensions from MLS. And then we can't control how often they refresh their data. So they might be another real estate website might be using incorrect data because it's incorrectly listed somewhere outside the MLS. But the way a consumer sees it on their completely separate real estate website, um, it could be inaccurate. And it's a, that's frustrating. Well, I guess that's a good reason to make sure you work with a realtor and get access to the MLS. because It's, it's like a game of telephone when it gets syndicated to some of these other apps or websites. You know, it, it, there can be a lot of things uh, that have changed or get lost accidentally. So you know, it's, uh, if you can get direct access to the MLS through your agent, do it. Uh, yeah, no, exactly. And, um, and your agent can give you access um, through a client portal. That's absolutely, you know, very easy to do. Costs to the agent nothing in addition to just uh, the whole goods and services that they provide. Uh, what I did, I often get from clients is they, they send me listings that show is available on other real estate websites, but they close like months ago. So again, that kind of goes to, I cannot control when they refresh their data, but it was not in the MLS portal. And I did not send it to you because it was not actually available for sale in real time. Yeah, and I, I probably have that conversation with every client at the very beginning of, <laughs> of our journey. I yeah. just have to tell them, you know, do your window shop, use whatever app you're comfortable with, but just know this, the information there and the statuses may or may not be completely accurate. So just call me if you have any, send me a screenshot of it. Yeah. Let me yeah. verify it at MLS. And usually after a couple of duds there, they go, okay, I'm just going to, Look at the ones that you send me, and and if they just if something really catches their eye, they'll, they'll send it to me. But I, I try to prepare them for for some of those letdowns because you might see when you're like, oh my god, this one's so perfect, and yeah. I hate to be the one to break the news to them that I'm sorry that thing closed out and sold months ago. They're just trying to keep it up there to get clicks. Yeah, and you know it's funny because those websites are for profit, and they make money. <laughs> it's all about traffic, right? <laughs> they make money by charging people like you and I. <laughs> to sell to sell our data that we freely gave them, so of course they're going to use that to their advantage. They don't have a um, a code of ethics like we do, and um, it's also you know one of those things where when buyers really rely on their um, uh, property value estimates that other websites put out there, you know I, I just kind of have to remind them the the data is known to be inaccurate on those websites. If you want the most accurate data, it needs to come from the MLS and the buyer can confirm this data because they can see it with their own eyes in the MLS, just like an agent can. And other real estate websites that provide those values, they're really just guesses and they're using bad data anyways. So, so. Hey, is there any last piece of information you'd like our listeners to know? 
Yes, I guess it'd be kind of be a, a two-part answer for me. Um, since we do have a number of, of agents out there listening and also consumers, you know, for, for the agents, you know, I, I would just encourage you again to please be aware of the, the data that you're putting in there and, and how important it really is. And uh, a lot of times, you know, you can just pick up a phone and, and call the agents uh, or listing agents and, and get some information that you need. Uh, but, but again, just double check, please, what you're putting in there because it does affect everybody when things aren't put in correctly. Uh, and, and for consumers, you know, there's, uh, there's nothing more powerful than the MLS. Like if you look on any other third-party website, there's a place where this is all coming from. It, it is the MLS. So if you want to get the most accurate, up-to-date information, call your favorite agent, hopefully me or Marissa, but you know, if, if if it's not us, call call some realtor out there who does operate with the code of ethics, who does have access to MLS and all these uh, up to date current statuses. It'll really save you a lot of uh, heartache and, and headache down the road. Yeah, absolutely. And um, for realtors who are Collin County members uh, that want to join the MLS committee, because I think there's a a lot of agents have a lot of questions. Like, I don't know how many times I have called our MLS department, just like, how come this field doesn't exist in the MLS? I, I I want the option to advertise a house as a one and a half story. (laughs) And then, and then the questions, the banter goes back and forth on the rationale and why and understanding, you know, is a house really one and a half story? Let's be honest. You know, but I, I think there's some great dialogue happens at the MLS committee meetings. When do y'all meet? Well, right now we meet on the first Wednesday of every month. Uh, and that's uh, 1030 a.m. But, uh, you know, if no, anybody is interested in yeah. joining the committee, it's, uh, we would love to have you because the more dialogue and the more experience and uh, we'll call it opinions out there that we have, uh, you know, the better. But it's also kind of. I was raised that if you want to make, if you don't like something and you want to make a change, get involved. And, and this is a great way if you do have some strong opinions or good ideas, we would love to hear them because the system is, it's massive and it takes a lot of moving. There's a lot of moving parts and it takes a lot of people to make some changes. But we were, as, as agents, we were, we were relying on everybody else bringing us ideas and saying, hey, this isn't working. Has anybody noticed this? And a lot of times, we may, we might have, we might not have, but you know, we won't know unless somebody brings it to us and we can put it on an agenda. For those listening, thanks for hanging out with us again. And don't forget to subscribe to Welcome to the Top wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review and let us know how we're doing. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, we want to know it. So email us at ask at welcome to the top.com and listen to hear us cover it this season. We can't wait to hear from you. Thanks for listening and I will see you all at the closing table. Special thanks to our hosts, Jonathan Fernandez and Marissa Benet. Producer, Bree Westbury. Audio engineer, Ella Madden. Outreach and guest relations manager, Kendall Crawford. And podcast administrator, Sean Offsell. Tune in next time, and don't forget to enjoy your journey to the top. The statements made by speakers in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views or position of the Collin County Association of Realtors, its leadership, or its members. This podcast is not intended to give legal, financial, medical, or other advice, but simply to provide information as a springboard to further discussion and investigation.